Today is June 10th, 2021. In our first story, the consumer price index has just increased by 5%. It has not risen this fast since just before the 2008 market crash. And people are kind of worried about the Biden inflation crisis. In our next story, Donald Trump proven right. A new report from the inspector general says he did not clear Lafayette Square during a protest for a photo op. But the media lied and lied. And now, once again, they've been proven liars. In our last story, a new research article suggests that whiteness is a malignant parasitic affliction that must be cured in the most psychotic escalation of critical race theory we've seen yet. If you like this podcast and want to help us out, give us a good review and leave us five stars. But the best thing you can do, word of mouth. Podcasts grow when people share podcasts with their friends, and it really helps out the show. So now let's get into that first story. Did you think we could just keep spending money, producing nothing, and everything would be okay? Perhaps the biggest experiment in some kind of guaranteed income we've seen to date has proven it to be a widespread failure. The consumer price index is at 5%, growing at the fastest pace since summer of 2008. And we know what happened back then, didn't we? This does not bode well. And many people are yelling, Bidenflation. That's right. Joe Biden's inflation crisis has made it here. And it's not just high prices. The whole thing, which we've discussed ad nauseum on this channel, seems to only be getting worse. And I have the latest updates for you. Consumer price, uh, consumer prices jumped up to 5%. It's worse than it was last month. It's worse than Wall Street had predicted. The prices for goods are skyrocketing. And I'm talking with people. We're trying to build and expand this business. And they say, I'm sorry, the cost of raw materials is just too high. We can't do the job. Starbucks, the latest to, to report widespread shortages of lids, of cups, of necessary materials. Before this news broke, what did I tell you a few days ago or last week? I had someone send me a photo saying this is at a local Starbucks. They're out of almost everything. What did I tell you last month or only a few weeks ago? We're seeing these local reports of chicken shortages and beef shortages. Now what's happening? It's finally starting to reach the national level. Maybe they didn't want to report it too soon. I don't know. They're saying, don't worry, it's a good sign. Demand is incredibly high. That's great for the economy. The problem is people aren't working. They're being paid not to work. The demand is there. The supply is not coming back. And what do we get from these forums? Well, the left just saying it's because they're not paying enough. They need to pay their higher salaries. What's a higher salary? 30 bucks an hour? Okay, okay, you're right. You're right. Left, you're right. I give you that one. If the fast food companies just paid better, people would come work. Well, apparently these sign-on bonuses aren't working. Maybe they just need to pay 30 bucks an hour. Okay. Welcome to hyperinflation. You think the cost of goods going up right now is bad at 5%? What do you think's going to happen when they're forced to double wage costs? First of all, these businesses can't just do that. They can't just literally say, we're going to pay everyone double. Plus, of course, the government just prints way more money to bail out more businesses to cover the costs of wages when people don't want to work. Do you see what's happening? At the same time, we're hearing that people can't even buy houses. The wealthy are snatching them up. Bill Gates, the largest private farm owner in the country, 
Land is an excellent investment. So maybe they will jack up the, the wages to 30 bucks an hour to compete with unemployment, which is just about $16 an hour. People will say, OK, I'll take double. You know, the problem is to overcome free money. That's a hard that's a hard sell. I mean, think about it. You go to someone and say, we're going to give you 16 bucks an hour unemployment guaranteed. And you don't got to work. Or 30 bucks an hour if you do. A lot of people are going to say, my time is invaluable. There's no amount of money that you're going to be able to buy my time. Now, it's not really true. I think if they said maybe 50 or 60 bucks an hour, a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm down for that. I'll go work. But think about it. If you don't have to, why would you? I think about it this way. You ever see those videos where the lion is like licking the dog or whatever, or the chicken walks around the lion? The lion doesn't care to kill it. Why? Well, the lion's well fed. The lion doesn't need to work. It doesn't need to get into a fight and risk itself. So why would it even for a meal? It's fat and happy. If you're giving people $16 an hour and it's covering the basic goods most people need, they're not stressing for things they can't buy. Playstations are out of stock. You can't go to the places you once loved. So what do you need the extra money for? You won't get it. And thus, hyperinflation is on the way. The, the cost of houses is going to start skyrocketing because the cost of materials and it's already skyrocketing because firms like BlackRock are buying up homes for 50% above market, above asking price. Hope you're ready for this. I hope I'm wrong. But last month when we talked about this, consumer price index was 4.4 or around there. It's, it's happening faster than it did in 08. I don't know what to tell you. Man, I, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Uh, uh, Bitcoin, I guess. Let's read the news and see what's happening with Biden inflation and these shortages and how Biden is making it worse. You want to know how he made it worse? Shutting down Keystone, 48,000 jobs. Let's talk about how it's getting worse. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to support my work. Now, I'll, I'll say in the context of this, maybe y'all should be figuring out some financial strategies for yourselves. But if you do think the work I'm doing is important, becoming a member helps us expand this operation. The newsroom is coming up in about a week or two. It will be particularly rudimentary to start. We're only going to have a few employees, but we are going to be investing heavily into this. And it's with your support as members at TimCast.com that we will, we will be able to do this. These articles will be free and ad supported, but we will have members only content as well. And we do have the members only section of the TimCast IRL podcast, which is available to members right now. Please consider liking this video, subscribing to this channel. But the best thing you can do, take the URL to this video or click the share button, share it everywhere you can. If everybody shared this video, I would be bigger than CNN overnight. If you think, maybe you don't like me, but if you like me more than CNN, you can do this and it really helps out. Or at the very least, please enjoy the free ad supported content and let's see what's happening in the market. CNBC reports headline consumer prices rose 5% year over year in May, the fastest pace since August 2008 and higher than Wall Street expectations. The 3.8% rise in the core inflation rate, which excludes food and energy prices, was the sharpest increase in nearly three decades. Notice how they're saying food and energy has been removed. You know why? What do you think core inflation would be at if they included fuel and food prices? It'd be a lot higher. I mean, maybe five. Max Kaiser tells me he thinks it's closer to 10. They're not going to tell us the truth because it would cause serious impacts on Social Security payments and loans and mortgages and all that stuff. And so they're just pretending like it ain't that bad. But it's bad. Initial jobless claims totaled 376,000, a touch higher than the estimate. They say 
The consumer price index, which represents a a basket including food, energy, groceries, housing costs, and sales across a spectrum of goods, rose 5% from a year earlier. Economists surveyed by Dow Jones had been expecting a gain of about 4.7. The reading represented the biggest CPI gain since the 5.3% increase in August of 2008, just before the financial crisis sent the U.S. spiraling into the worst recession since the Great Depression. This is all very negative, and it's hard to know exactly what's happening. There are many sources you can pull up that they say the economy is set to skyrocket. Things are going to get better than ever. Maybe that's true. It's hard to know for sure. Maybe I'm just a pessimist. Maybe it's bad. Maybe you should watch other channels and not just mine. This is why I always say, check out you know, other shows. Hey, Crystal and Cigar just launched Breaking Points. They're doing really, really well, and they're awesome people. It's a great show. You don't only want to be watching my channel. Because maybe, and probably, I've got blind, blind spots. But I think I'm right. Of course I do. I mean, I wouldn't say it if I didn't think I was, but I think I'm right. Why? Well, these articles that are coming up and saying everything's better than ever. I'm like, dude, the, the consumer prices are skyrocketing. Inflation is good. It means your wages will go up. I mean, yeah, what are you, a child? Wages going up is meaningless if prices are going up faster. Am I going to get a 5% raise? No. Okay, well, everything's up 5% or more. It's not just about one single good. It's fuel. It's electricity. It's food. You like bacon? Bacon's up, what, like 14% this month? And it was like 22% up last month. In fact, we went to the store, couldn't find any bacon. Lucky for us, we live by a bunch of farms. Easily found bacon. And, you know, look, I put a bunch of bacon in the deep freezer months ago, so we're good. I'm, 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 I'm paying attention to them bacon prices. I'm, I'm half kidding. But I, I think these shortages are serious. Beef prices are skyrocketing. It was hard for us to get brisket, chicken shortages. We went to the store the other day, and what did they say? Limit two per customer for chicken due to shortages. Why? What were they saying? It was because of the, the chicken sandwich wars. Nah, that's, that can't be real. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. CNBC goes on to say, though the inflation readings are well above anything we've seen since 0809, the Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve has been largely dismissive of the numbers. Central bank officials believe the current rise is due to temporary factors that will abate as the year goes on and look higher because of comparisons to the year, the, the year ago period, when much of the economic activity remained restricted due to pandemic precautions. OK, let's calm down a little bit. OK, maybe that's true. All right. People are saying it's the Biden inflation crisis, Biden inflation. You know how it's very funny. Um, I think so. I mean, the cost of bullets has not gone down. It's been going up. And, and, and that's like a core good for a lot of people. You live out in the middle of nowhere. People go hunting. They go targeting. This is just one example. Uh, OK, maybe it's not the best example. We can take a look at other goods that are skyrocketing. I hope I hope that it just passes over and it really is inflated numbers. I mean, we've not had a pandemic lockdown like this, at least in my lifetime. So or I think maybe not even like 100 years. So, OK, maybe they're right. But maybe they're trying to abate panic. If they came out right now and were saying definitively like inflation's going to hit everyone hard, their savings will be decimated. What would people do? Well, they'd panic spend. And if they did, that would cause inflation to go faster. This is what we saw in 2008. They kept saying the market is better than ever. Ignore the signs. Invest, invest, invest. And the market went. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late. 
you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. So yeah, many of us weren't old enough to remember the market crash or we were young and weren't particularly affected by it. And many leftists who are in their 20s today barely remember it. They were small children if they were affected by it at all. So of course, they're going to keep petitioning for more mass spending, not realizing the economy is in flames and crumbling to the ground. Check this out. We got this chart here they put up on the Daily Mail. Inflation from May 2020 to May 2021. Bacon is up 19%. Bananas 2%. Bread 7 Coffee 2%. Milk 9%. Oranges 9%. Gasoline 56%. 56. And you know what happens next? Electricity is up 4%. What happens when gas goes up? Literally everything else goes up. Because if you want to drive a car to go to work or deliver goods, that, that cost is going to hit you. So here's what happens. Some dude works at uh, McDonald's and he's like, you know, what? they're paying me 18 bucks an hour. I'll accept that even though unemployment would, be, would pay more. Or maybe, maybe this person lives in one of these states where they've terminated those federal benefits. So this guy's working and he's, ma- he's making, you know, 18 bucks an hour. And then the gas prices skyrocket. Now to get to work, it's costing him 56% more on average. Well, eventually he's going to go to his boss and say, boss, it's costing me just like five bucks to get here. Okay, maybe if that's, that's, well, depending on how far away he lives, you know, he could live 20, 30 miles away and get 20, 30 miles to the gallon. If it's city miles, if you live in New York, yeah, that's brutal. He might say, I need an extra dollar an hour. And the boss says, man, we got to factor in, what was that, like a 5% wage increase for everybody now to cover these costs? 56% increase in gas depends on how much gas he needs to get to and from work. But it's more, it's more than that. What if someone's a delivery driver? Uber. Now, you, now you're in a city and you got to get from the airport to your hotel. Well, 56% higher cost because of fuel surcharge, right? Then you're going to say, I'm spending more on fuel. I need more money. It will hit literally everything. But you need to understand it's not just about your pocketbook. It's not just about your savings. It's about how it impacts the availability for goods and the feasibility of selling things. The Wall Street Journal reports Starbucks faces shortages of cups, syrup, and uh, as eased COVID-19 boosts sales. Coffee companies has lack of supplies, including oat milk, are temporary and vary by store and market. I hope that's what it is. Could be something else. It could be that people aren't working and producing these things, so not enough are getting made. And then when these companies say, we're looking to hire someone to make cups, uh-oh, these people are like, ah, I'm getting paid 16 bucks an hour not to work, so I'm chilling. Nobody wants to make the cups. Starbucks doesn't have the cups. Starbucks can't sell. They can't expand. Everything stops. You can only grow as fast as there is actual supply and demand. So if people aren't working, this is what you get. If the gas prices go up, this is what you'll get. Maybe I'm, I'm again, again, I'm going to say this. Maybe I'm being pessimistic. 
Maybe everything's going to be all right. Maybe, uh, you know, I put some money in Bitcoin, maybe inflation. It is, it is here. Inflation is happening. But inflation doesn't necessarily mean that everything just falls apart. If Biden stops his unemployment payments, people go back to work. Maybe the prices for everything will go up. Your wages will go up with it. And many people won't notice all that much. It does mean the savings of the working class are being decimated, though. And that's still a very serious problem. The Wall Street Journal says, Cake pops, cup stoppers, and mocha flavoring are among the items that have run out in places at times, some baristas said. The company is pausing production on several lower sales items to focus on higher selling ones, one person familiar with those plans said. A a Starbucks spokeswoman said shortages of some items are temporary and vary by store and market. The company has temporarily removed from its app oat milk and beverages made with dairy substitute until it restocks its inventory. Well, bad news for the vegans, I suppose. Signs of the COVID-19 pandemic are disappearing across the U.S. as new cases fall and states remove restrictions on businesses and public gatherings. As the economy roars back to life, many businesses have run short on labor and the goods they need to serve customers eager to return to restaurants and concert halls. Supply chain problems have contributed to shortages of products from wood pulp to pallets. Costs are ticking up as a result. Ketchup packets and frying oil are among other supplies that have fallen into scarcity in recent months. Yeah, demand is there. They keep saying demand is fantastic. It shows that as the economy is reopened, demand is roaring back to life. Demand is artificially high. They're paying people not to work. It's ending in many states. I think it may be like 28 states so far. I've cut this off. Many people still aren't returning to work. They've embraced van life, but we'll see. Maybe it's all just one inadvertent great reset. How about that? But if people are being given money, there will be demand. Those people are hungry, but they're being given money, so they're not working. So thus, there's no supply. Universal basic income does not work. Guaranteed income does not work. You are fabricating demand without supply. It eventually stagnates. What happens then? Some guy's going to walk into a burger joint that has very few burgers because nobody's making beef. And he's going to be like, I'll give you five bucks for that burger. And the guy goes, I'll give you six. I'll give you seven. I'll give you eight. I'll give you nine. And they're going to fight. They're going to bid each other for trying to get this food. Now, I get it. Most of these stores are first come, first serve. You don't auction on burgers at restaurants, but you get the point. It'll affect other areas of the economy. Wall Street Journal says, for restaurants, some chains and cafes that do much of their business to go have kept dining rooms closed to avoid overwhelming staff. Some have asked customers to adapt to not having enough ketchup or other condiments. Starbucks employees said they are serving drinks in different cup sizes when the proper ones aren't available. Some customers have grumbled when their preferred items were out of stock. Some of those employees said, quote, Due to current supply shortages, some of your favorite uh, favorites may be temporarily out of stock. Starbucks wrote to its app users earlier this week. We're sorry for the inconvenience. It is a great reset. Now, you can call it intentional or otherwise, but the point is there is a great reset happening. Let's say every day you wake up, you get a cup of coffee and uh, you like getting the venti or you like getting the big one, right? That's venti, right? I don't know. Whatever, Starbucks. Well, now you can't. Now you show up and you ain't getting it. Eventually, you have a new routine develop. No more cupcakes, no more cake pops, no more extra large coffees. They say, sorry, we only have talls, which means small, I guess, whatever. Starbucks, you're crazy. And maybe they say, okay, we only have the smallest version. So what do you do? Ah, Fine, I'll, I'll take that, I guess. Now you're cutting out the coffee. Now you're spending less. Now you're drinking less Starbucks. Maybe you come in and say, I only do mocha. And they say, we don't have any mocha. And you say, okay, I'll leave. What happens after a month? They say 28 days creates a routine, creates a habit. People are cutting these habits. This is changing human behavior. It ain't all bad. I mean, if it's intentional and there's, and there's despots dictating what people are can do, I think that's nightmarish and, and, and dystopian. 
If people are improving their lives and just not eating cake pops, it's probably a good thing because I don't think cake pops are all that good for you. But you see my point. Either way, it's not just about what's happening in the economy. I can only tell you this. I hope you are paying attention to what the Biden administration is doing, how it is negatively impacting the economy and what that means for you. We can't always be in a golden age, I suppose, the, the, the wonderful roller coaster that was Donald Trump's economy. I, I don't mean that in terms of up and down. I mean, like we were like yelling and having a good time. Well, all good things come to an end. It's like that story. You know, that story where it was like the king and he says to uh, this, this blacksmith, he's like, I want you to make me something that will make me happy when I'm sad and sad when I'm happy thinking it couldn't be done. And the guy comes back and he has like, it's like a bracelet or something. And it says on it, this too shall pass. And it's a, it's a, it's a statement that means when you're in your happiest moment, you'll look down and see that message reminding you that the good times will come to an end. And it said, and in your darkest hour, you'll look at that. And it says this too shall pass. And it reminds me, reminds you that your hard times, you will overcome them. It'll make you happy when you're sad and sad when you're happy. That's right. For all the good that Donald Trump brought, Eventually, there's going to be an equal and opposite reaction, I suppose. And again, not just the economy. Insider reports a mega drought in California is expected to lead to water shortages for production of everything from avocados to almonds and could cause prices to rise. Not our avocados. How will us millennials have our avocado toast? Hey, welcome to this uh, this, this brave new world. Yeah, California's in a drought. So it's not just about Joe Biden. I think it's a lot about Joe Biden, but a drought's a drought. What do you do? Leave the area, stop eating imported avocados, start focusing on yourself. I moved out of the big city. We got some chickens. We got a little, little farm going on. We got a bunch of cucumbers prop, popping up. Not enough to survive on our own. We don't, we don't have enough farmland for that. But we're taking some responsibility for ourselves and we'll be eating some of our own vegetables and crops for some time. We're going to have a whole bunch. It's going to be fantastic. We got jalapenos and basil and tomatoes. Yeah, so we're growing this stuff. Plus the chickens, they're going to be laying eggs. In the winter, I think you got to do the sun lamps to make sure they keep laying eggs. But, uh, you know, that's the plan. And then we'll make more chickens because it's an amazing thing about science. You take a boy chicken and a girl chicken, you put them in a room, boom, more chickens, just like that. Then they eat the bugs. It's wonderful. It's about time we started being more responsible. Now, I think most conservatives probably fine because you recognize a lot of this. I'd be willing to bet a lot of rural conservatives know how to chop wood and probably do for fires. People in the cities, mm, you're going to live in the pot and you're going to eat the bugs. This is why they're saying eat cicadas, because there is a shortage here and it is only going to get worse. Insider reports June 1st, restaurants are hiking prices because of labor shortages, higher wages and rising costs of staple foods. One owner said he was paying 50% more for ribs than normal and double for cooking oil. We got this from Eat This, Not That. Five shortages affecting fast food chains right now. They say the pandemic is, was wreaking havoc. Chicken wings, they're gone. Ketchup packets, they're gone. Bubble tea. <gasps> Us millennials got to have our, bo- our, our boba. Nah, I mean, I haven't had boba in a minute, but I do like boba. Oat milk. That one's crazy to me. You know, it's really easy to make oat milk. You take oats. You maybe put a little bit of cinnamon all over it, maybe some allspice or something. You put it in a cloth, like a cheesecloth, and then you you run. Uh, actually, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You blend it with water, nice and blended, and then pour it through the cheesecloth, filtering out the solid parts, and you get oat milk. We've made some before. It's not hard to do, but shortages of oat milk, Starbucks reporting, and staff. That's a scary one. If you don't make stuff, there's no stuff to buy. That's where we're headed. Now, do you think Joe Biden is helping to solve this problem? I kind of don't think so. Uh, Joe Biden, 
They shut down the Keystone Pipeline, and now 48,000 Americans will lose their jobs. Well, that's what Trump is saying, but it's true. A lot of people have already lost their jobs, and many more will lose their jobs. And like I said, if you don't make stuff, there is no stuff. Sometimes the stuff you make or transport or you make the thing that transports the oil is used to bring the fuel to the production lines to make more stuff. I'm not a big fan of stuff. I'm not. I've always been particularly minimalist. That's why I'm always like, I'll be happy in a van down by the river just fishing. A lot of stuff that I have now is mostly for expanding the business and building culture and trying to push back on the extremism from the far left. But, you know, 48,000 people who can't make stuff won't have the resources to buy other stuff. The economy, in my opinion, is not going to rebound. I mean, a little bit maybe in certain areas, but what did we see last month? It was worse than it's ever been. You know, early on, they were like, the economy is roaring back to life, and there were a, a lot of uh, new jobs created. It was great. But job openings are going up and up and up. Maybe it's not bad news. Maybe what's really happening is that businesses are coming back, and so they haven't been able to, to hire anybody. And I think, you know, the $300 unemployment thing won't last forever. Even if we pull out of this tailspin, which I think is likely, I don't think that the world is going to end or anything, there will be massive inflation. So I guess my point in all this is saying, your savings will get decimated. I guess it's good news if you got a mortgage or a loan on a car because the value of that loan will evaporate, essentially. If you're getting paid 30 bucks an hour because they have to pay you double what they paid you before, your $10,000 loan is effectively worth $5,000. You know how that works, right? It's inflation. The loans become value uh, devalued and your savings become devalued. But if your wages go up, then you're earning the same amount of buying power for every hour of labor you engage in. 48000 Americans are going to lose their jobs over the Keystone Pipeline, so saith Trump. I think it's, I think it's probably going to be a, a large amount of people. That's going to be bad for the economy. It will have a ripple effect. The Biden administration is not helping things. Check this out. We got this one. Harris blames climate change for border crisis in response to Guatemalan president blaming Biden administration. We also have, I'll give credit to Kamala Harris. She came out and said, don't come to the border. That's good. But what the policies that the policies being enacted by the Biden administration are creating a poll factor. So here you go. What do you think happens when 48,000 people lose their jobs and then the Biden administration brings in tens of thousands more refugees? I think it was like 170,000 in the first in like March or something, or I, I don't know. Maybe it's high. But when they're bringing in tens of thousands of people who are looking for work at a time when Biden is crushing jobs, the working class are getting beaten to a pulp. Biden says, we're not going to tax people who make more, who make less than 400K. And these 20 year olds, these DSA people are like, yay, tax the rich. And I'm like, hey, you know, how they're printing money like crazy. They're taxing you. You just can't see it. Pay attention. Now they're too young. They don't understand inflation. I mean, you know, back when I was growing up, you could buy a three musketeers bar for 40 cents. That's right. Remember those days? Now it's what, like $1.29 a 300% increase in the cost of a candy bar. Yeah, I used to go in and I'd be like, it was like a penny for a Swedish fish. So you'd be like, you give them $1 and they give you this big bag of Sour Patch Kids or Swedish fish and the, the price is going up. It's becoming more and more expensive as it always does. I mean, I think the US dollars lost like 99% of its value over the past 100 years. Inflation exists. This time around, it's going to be fast and it's faster than it happened before the Great Recession. So the economy may roar back we're probably going to take a very serious hit. It could be 
that the artificial recession, the shut shutting down of all those businesses was that hit. Maybe we're actually pulling out of this. But all of that backup that 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 that, you know, from from last year, it's going to burst out of that pipe, all that nasty sludge that was jamming everything up. And you are going to see prices heavily hit by this. Now, I'll tell you one more bit. We got one more here. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com real estate. Bloomberg Businessweek says, yes, real estate prices are soaring and no, it's not a bubble. Stricter lending standards have reduced risk in the market. I'm gonna let you in on some personal news. You may have seen me tweet about it. I was just denied for a small home loan, a small single family home, nothing particularly big, not in a big city, not the most expensive house, fairly average. I said, no. They said, "Uh, no, we're not going to loan to you. And I was kind of confused because I'm like, uh, I'm not trying to, you know, a lot of people don't, they, they say it's bragging or whatever. It's like, no, my, my business is doing really well. I don't need a loan. I just think it's irresponsible to not get one. I think you should, you know, you know, you want to pay it off on time. You want to pay as much as you can, as early as you can, but you don't just, I think a loan made sense. Long story short, they said, no, <clears throat> I find that very weird. And a lot of people I know were like, bro, like you run a very successful company. Like, shouldn't they be loaning to lending to you? And I'm like, it's not just about the denial. I mean, okay, fine. No one owes me a loan. But it was like months of back and forth with different agents coming in, coming out, demanding the same paperwork over and over again. And people were saying, I get people on Twitter saying, oh, Tim, that's normal. No, don't worry about it. And I'm like, dude, I've gone through the mortgage process a couple times before. I, I know how it works. This is not normal. And it's and, and I don't want to get into very private details on what happened, what's happening now, but something weird is happening. I just got off the phone, had a long conversation. Phone numbers aren't working. Something weird is happening. And I look at all these stories <clears throat> and they're saying like stricter lending standards. Sure. But it really does feel like I just tell you my opinion. It really does feel like they were trying to stop us from buying property. Like when they were, were, were emailing and saying all these things, they were doing everything in their power to make sure I did not buy. Meanwhile, these other big firms are buying up like crazy. And what happens when you Google search this stuff? Here's a story from Vox. Is there a housing bubble? Houses are getting more and more expensive. There's a simple fix for that. Okay, okay. They're not saying there is one. And the, and the saying goes, if a headline asks a question, the answer is often no. Bloomberg already said there's no bubble. But there are a bunch of stories where they're like, millennials regret buying houses. I saw this one from Business Insider. It's like millennials were surveyed and they regretted having to buy their house. A large portion said the maintenance cost maintenance was too high. I'm like, who do you think pays that? You pay it no matter what. I mean, stop and think. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. An article came out telling millennials not to buy houses. Okay, it wasn't telling them not to buy. It was saying they regret it, which is going to signal to a lot of millennials. Maybe it's not a smart thing to do. Owning property is a very smart thing to do. 
If you're renting and there's maintenance costs, yeah, the landlord pays for it, but it comes out of your rent. When you rent, you pay less per month. Think about it. Your landlord's going to charge you a premium. So if the mortgage is, you know, 1500 bucks, you're going to be paying 17, 18, 19, or maybe 2000. Let's say you have rent and it's 2000 a month and the mortgage is 1500. The 500 per month goes into an account. And then when repairs are needed, the landlord pays for them. What do you think would happen if you bought the house outright and you saved that 500 bucks a month? You wouldn't be paying, you putting money in the pocket of a landlord. Yet more and more stories are coming up that seem to discourage people from owning property at a time when big investment firms are buying everything up over market. And then I get this response. They're not going to lend to me to buy a house. Okay, full disclosure, I don't need them. I'm, I'm doing fairly well. I don't want to waste money uh, in that regard, though. I want to focus that, these investments in hiring new staff. So maybe, uh, I don't know, it just made more sense to have the mortgage and, and pay it slowly over time, which is good news for the bank. But I could use my cash in the immediate to hire journalists. I'd rather do that. But you know what I thought? Speaking to a lot of people, they were like, it sounds like they're trying to stop you. And I'm like, it's really weird right now. But what it seems like is, I'll put it this way, if, the, if, the, uh, if lending is getting more strict and it's harder and harder for the middle class to buy, and media is saying, oh, it's dangerous, it's a bubble, BlackRock and these other firms that are competing with the middle class for these houses are paying 50% over asking to win the bidding war. What would happen if the lenders stopped lending to middle class people who could clearly, clearly afford it? Well, then... BlackRock wouldn't have to pay more than, than, than asking. They wouldn't compete with anybody. If Joe Schmo doesn't have $300,000 to buy a house, he goes to a bank and he says, I do have 30000 saved up for a 10% down payment or for a 5% down payment plus closing costs. Then the bank says, OK, here's our offer. BlackRock counters. What happens if the bank just says, eh, we're not going to lend to you. Sorry. Then BlackRock walks in and buys it up. No problem. No competition. The Great Reset, perhaps? I don't know. Consumer prices are skyrocketing, man. The Biden inflation crisis is here. And it may precipitate a hard fall. I can't tell you what's going to happen. Maybe things improve. Certainly seems like the dollar is a bad investment, in my opinion. I can't give you financial advice. But with all these people buying up land, I wonder why. Maybe land is the best investment. Something to put money in you know is going to go up in value. As long, Here's the saying, you know, they're not making any more of it. So it will only it will only go up if, if these firms own all of it. Then it'll be it'll be worth it for them. And then what happens to us? Feudalism. Feudalism returns. The lords, these big investment firms will own the land and they'll say in exchange for work, we'll let you live on the land. You'll be a vassal. Seriously, millennials, you got to buy houses, figure it out. I know it's hard. This is scary stuff. I guess we'll see how it plays out, but welcome to Biden inflation. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. At this point, if mainstream media makes some political claim or assert something about someone who's not a Democrat, just assume the opposite is true. And uh, hey, maybe that can improve your life. They say, uh, when, when they say Bitcoin is bad and don't buy it, that's when I buy it. And then guess what happens? Yeah, like the other day, Bitcoin fell and they were like, this is it. Bitcoin's over. And then it jumped like five grand. So shut up. Corporate press, they're liars. We know they're liars. We've known they've been lying. 
And I got to say, it is it is like taking a power drill figuratively to my temple, having to talk about this all the time because we know. But there's more and more evidence. So the reason I think it's important to talk about this, I, 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 I mentioned a few months ago, I was like, why bother even saying the media is lying when we know they're lying? And people just said, because we need to share the videos with our friends and family to prove it. I mean, at a certain point, the dam breaks. You can tell your friends and family the media is lying to you only so much until finally they say either you are choosing to believe lies, you can say to them, or it's time to wake the F up. Let's go back in time. Lafayette's protests, Donald Trump, a photo op. They claimed Donald Trump tear gassed peaceful protesters because he wanted to stage a photo op in front of a church. It's a lie. It was a lie then. It's a lie now. We knew it was a lie then. Now, it is kind of paradoxical of me. I mean, I do use mainstream and, and corporate press sources, but I fact check them. I pull up CNN. Whenever I use a CNN source, it's because it's verifiable. I do that on purpose. And when it's not, I'll either say they're lying or I'll use a different source. Back uh, when this happened, let, let me actually just show you the context first, and then we'll, and I'll rag a little bit more. Legacy media suffers a hit as yet another Trump conspiracy theory evaporates. They say legacy media pushed a story claiming that the police cleared peaceful protesters from the area near Lafayette Park in D.C. during a demonstration in order to let then President Trump pose for a photo op. That story has been definitively proven false. The park police cleared Black Lives Matter protesters in D.C. from the area between St. John's Church and Lafayette Park in June 2020. Police used flashbangs and other, and other non-lethal crowd control munitions to clear the area. However, Wednesday, a report from Interior Department Inspector General Mark Greenblatt determined that the park police had planned to clear the area before anyone knew Trump's plans to walk over and that Trump's presence had nothing to do with the park police's decision to clear the area. Police had planned to clear the area in advance in order to install extra fencing after the riots that took place May 30th and 31st, according to the report. Tear gas was used by D.C. police reportedly, but not by park police. OK, uh, I reported that the right wing media, whatever you want to call it. So they, they, they accuse everybody of and anybody who says they're lying is right wing media, unless you're like overtly socialistic or left wing like Jimmy Dore, even though Jimmy Dore rags on the mainstream media all the time. My politics can be centrist or even center left. They'll say it's right wing media. Well, guess what? Whatever you want to call it. We were right. It was it was it was plainly visible. They had said there were plans to clear the park. We all knew it. But not the people who watch CNN. The people who watch CNN believe lies. And do you think now that this is being proven false, they are going to change their minds? I'm sorry, they probably will not. What's likely going to happen is that they'll double down. They'll ignore the story because these people live in a psychotic crackpot delusional matrix. It really is the matrix, isn't it? You want to know what's funny? There's a story I covered the other day, and it was about vaccinations versus unvaccinated states. All the states that voted for Joe Biden have a very high rate of vaccination. All the states that voted for Donald Trump have a very low rate of vaccination. Now, there was one anomaly. Five states in which many Trump supporters claim there was, flaw, was fraud also have low vaccination rates. I'm not going to get into that whole thing that the, 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 our, our good friends over at the Donald.Win were saying that I was too dumb to, to, to notice it, even though I literally said in the video, those were the states contested by Trump, which I literally said and tweeted about. But sure, maybe they didn't watch the video. But what's funny is the people who vote for Joe Biden 
are blue and the people who vote for Trump are red and the people who believe the mainstream media are blue and the people who don't trust them are red. And it's just a coincidence that the blue pill in the matrix was the one to keep you in the matrix and the red pill was the one to break you out of it. So you get it, right? This is what we're going to keep dealing with. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what any I don't know. I don't know what to do, right? I, I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I, I have plans. I have ideas. But every day, when, when I see more and more stories of this, I, I got more for you. Just wait. There's more fake news we're going to debunk. I see these stories and I'm just like, we know. How many, pe- how many of you are like, Tim, we knew this? I know. Well, here's what you can do. So there's a reason for me doing these videos. Share this with your friends and family. Just keep doing it and keep being like, hey, you were wrong. Hey, you were wrong. And let them just bask in their cognitive dissonance. Look, maybe they'll just keep saying, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Okay, well, then you're a conspiracy theorist. Just say that. Look, the IG said this. Well, that IG was, he's trying to please Trump. So you think there was a conspiracy? You think that Trump colluded with the existing interior, uh, uh, what is it, the, what is it, what, Department of Inspector General, interior, uh, interior Department of Inspector General was colluding with Trump or trying to please him? That's a conspiracy theory, you crackpots. Just show people, be like, dude, what do you expect? This guy worked for a bunch of different administrations. He did a review and said it wasn't true. The media pumped out fake news without fact checking. All right, I know what I can do. And uh, here's what you can do. Go over to TimCast.com. Become a member. Join the members only section. Uh, You know, a lot of people may have noticed that they're not getting notifications for these videos anymore. So hit the like button, subscribe, the notification bell. But that's a reality. YouTube's under no obligation to to promote my content, and they will likely stop doing it. It serves a purpose for them, I guess, but they're political ideologues, these companies, and they are going to hurt channels like this. I'll tell you what we're doing. We've got some uh, journalistic prospects coming up for work. Uh, we're gonna, we, we have to do very rigorous Q, uh, quality assurance, vetting people who come to try and work, but TimCast.com is launching a newsroom. It'll be very rudimentary to start in about a week or two, hopefully about a week or two. It'll be very rudimentary. It's going to be a lot of aggregation, but fact checking. So we'll take a look at a lot of these stories. We'll take a look at how they frame things. And then we are going to just aggregate and fact check a lot of these stories. Very rudimentary, not too dissimilar to what a lot of uh, you know, organizations already do. However, the first people who start are going to actually do legitimate journalism. On top of that fact checking, they're going to be compiling more information, making those phone calls, adding more to the story, doing the real groundwork. And then we're quite literally going to have people doing groundwork. We're going to be covering stories of particular interest in cultural news, politics, and technology, sending out reporters, and we will have that newsroom at TimCast.com. It's the only thing I can think to do. When I look at these stories where we know they're lying, that's what we're going to do. If you want to support that endeavor, it's greatly appreciated. Become a member. You get access to the exclusive TimCast IRL segments because that's what we're able to produce right now. It's basically full episodes of the podcast where we have guests and uh, we say things that YouTube doesn't allow us to say. We would get banned for it. Well, we're going to have a newsroom and we are going to, uh, I'm going to push this thing as far as possible. It's with your support. We make that happen. Go back. Let's go back to the Daily Caller now. Let's go back and look at what the, what's going on with this fake news. And I, 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 know, I don't normally do the plugs for TimCast.com on this channel, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to do something. I can't just sit here and be like, ha look, they're lying and just react to lies. We need to actually do something. That's it. That's what I'm doing. I am making, I am, I am pushing to build this website. I'm going to be hiring people. I am going to counter the lies, call them out counter them. 
more than we're doing now. We will actually do hard reporting on a lot of these subjects and bring you fact-based news. I'll tell you one thing that's really fascinating about the media. If I get, say, a former CIA agent, a CIA intelligence analyst or whatever, uh, with, with decent credentials, and they claim that Joe Biden did collude with Ukraine or something like that, I will be called fake news by these fact checkers. They'll say it's not true and this is a lie, even if I have a source within the CIA saying it. If I have a source within the CIA, same guy, but he comes out and says Donald Trump colluded with Russia, the fact checkers would say true and correct. That's it. That's the, that's the bias of the establishment. And there's no way around it. There are, I was reading one website that was accused of being a crackpot conspiracy website. And they did push conspiracy theories. They, you know, talk about 9-11 and a bunch of other stuff. But they actually had legitimate sources from people who worked in the military and worked at the CIA and worked at the FBI. And I did think a lot of the stories were, were wingnut level stuff. Hard to verify outside of some, you know, former employees statements. Here's the issue. I take a look at a story where I see it's like former FBI agent says aliens are real or something, right? And I'm like, yeah, sorry, I don't buy it. I take a look, take a look at the New York Times and they say sources familiar with Trump's thinking say that, you know, he wants to steal candy from babies. And I'm like, sources familiar with his thinking? What is what are you on? That's not evidence of anything. That's not even an FBI agent. Who are you talking about? What does NewsGuard say? Fact, true and correct. What does Snopes say? Verified, true. New York Times can come out and say some random bloke you never heard of, and we're not going to tell you where he even worked, says this. Great. You want me to go in an alley and ask a bum what he thinks about aliens and then publish it and claim a source close to Kamala Harris's office? Yeah, close as in proximity to the dumpster behind it. That's what they do. And there's no escaping it. So if I get legitimate sources, how about this? Jack Posobiec. He had a source tell him that the White House wanted to fire Anthony Fauci. Oh, the media will claim he's lying. Pasovic literally has sources in the White House. James O'Keefe, they'll say he publishes fake news. He literally published a video of the person saying the words. You see how the game is played? I can't expect that we'll get a fair shake when we're covering the news, when we launch our newsroom, because the mainstream press and their allies, big tech, are suppressing the truth. Welcome to La Resistance, my friends. The people who believe the lies from the mainstream media, they want to believe it. They don't want to break out of the matrix. It's scary. I mean, come on. You guys saw the matrix. That guy, Cypher, he's sitting there and he's eating that steak in the matrix. And he's like, I know it's not real, but mm, it tastes good. Yeah. Some people want to be in the matrix. They don't want to be broken out from it. The real world is scary. It's, it's better to be in the warm bosom of the establishment elites who will take care of everything for you. You don't need freedom. Freedom is, is disaster. Come on, you guys remember what Loki said in, in the Avengers? I'm bringing him up now because the show has actually just started. And he said, uh, freedom leads to ruin. You know, when people make choices, they regret them. You know what? He's not wrong. It's true. No, I, I, it's true. There was a study they did the, where they told people to come in and do this survey. The people thought the survey was the study. They said, you will get a free T-shirt for taking part in this survey. One group left and was given a free yellow T-shirt. That was it. After they left, they asked how satisfied they were with their, you know, uh, uh, T-shirt. And people said, yeah, very satisfied. They then gave people in a different group a choice between three different colored T-shirts. And afterwards, they asked people how happy they were with their T-shirts. And the level of happiness was lower because people regretted their color choice. 
When they were given only one option, just the yellow shirt, they were happy with it. Hey, I got a free shirt. When they're told to choose yellow, green, or blue, uh, I'll do blue. Then they leave and go, "Ah, I should have done green. I don't want blue. So I'm not a big fan of using that as an argument to say we should take freedom away from people. I think the bigger issue is people need stronger will. You walk out with a shirt, you should just be like, hey, free shirt. Uh, Maybe I should have taken the yellow one, but hey, free shirt. That's the attitude you got to have. It's not. It's not what we get. You get the mainstream media lying and the people who want to bask in those lies. They don't want to let it go. Now I'm going to say something. I'm going to get into a story that's going to get us in trouble here on YouTube. That's right. YouTube does not take kindly to some of these news reports, and they've threatened to ban people. So I have to say it. Become a member at TimCast.com. I'm going to show you a story that YouTube, I might get a strike over this, showing you a fact-based news story about a scientific study could get me banned. The first thing I want to point out, this aged like fine wine from the Hill in 2017, Trump administration seen as more truthful than news media. Now, this is just after Donald Trump you know, started his first term. But there were many polls like this. People felt that Donald Trump was more truthful than than news media was. Yeah, they're right. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. They were right. Here's, here's more. You ready for this one? Study shows, this is from the Washington Examiner. Study shows hydroxychloroquine and zinc treatments increased coronavirus survival rate by almost three times. Now, I, I, I looked into this, and this is what I want to, I want you to understand what I'm doing. When I'm, these, these leftists like to say all I do is, is read other people's articles. And people on the right, when they get mad that I criticize someone, that they, on their side, they say he just reads other people's articles. This is funny. We're launching a newsroom. What do you think BuzzFeed does? Yeah, they do some original reporting. What do you think this video is right now? Okay, I've pulled up a variety of sources. I'm breaking them down for you, giving my thoughts on them. It's an analysis piece. And that means these sources I've looked into, I fact-checked. I read the statement from the IG about the, the uh, Donald Trump and the photo op. And I can tell you the IG said it's not true. Study shows hydroxychloroquine and zinc treatments increase coronavirus survival rate by almost three times. It's according to one study that is not yet peer-reviewed. Okay, that's important, but it still is a study. And it's interesting that it's coming out now and coming out in the press. It doesn't mean it's definitively true, but it does mean that if Donald Trump comes out and says, have you seen these studies about uh, they're calling it hydroxychloroquine? When he comes out and says that he's not making it up. He's talking about studies that have actually been done. 
Now, could there be more rigorous peer reviewing? Sure. Are we ready to implement these? Maybe not necessarily. Are they safe drugs? My understanding is yes, but you should always talk to your doctor. That's the big thing, too. That I can understand when people are like telling people to take medications. No, 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 no. A study says it's safe. The next thing you should do is ask for a medical opinion from a doctor. If you're not comfortable with the opinion, you can always get a second opinion. I say this. These are normal things you can do. But was Trump wrong when he said, you know, that this was promising? No, Trump was 100% correct. He wasn't, he wasn't telling people to do it. The media lied, though. There was just a study. It was, it was TechCrunch that reported. They're like, in France, this studies, you know, this medicine seems to be helping. Now we have another study saying the same thing. YouTube might ban me for this. We're not allowed to have these conversations. YouTube doesn't, doesn't, doesn't allow it. Now, okay, fine. YouTube is, uh, is massively beneficial you know, to me, it's, it's free marketing. So I make these videos and then I tell you, you got to become members at TimCast.com because, hey, I could get banned and that could all dry up. And I'll tell you this, if we do get banned from YouTube, you know, I think we'll be all right with TimCast.com. I think once we launch this newsroom and start putting out stories that'll get shared on social media, we'll start moving up very quickly in the ranks and that will help us grow beyond the confines of the manipulators and the liars and the constraints. A lot of people were complaining that when we did the podcast episode with Elijah Schaefer, it didn't appear. And for some reason, it's not appearing in the playlist. Yeah. Strange how that, how that, how that happens. Oh, they always just say, it's a glitch. It was, it's just a glitch. Yes, sure. Always a glitch negatively impacting anti-establishment and conservative voices, and sometimes anti-war and libertarian voices, as well as some leftists who are anti-war as well. That's the dirty game they play. So we got to build something of our own. Now, of course, TimCast.com is still going to exist on other people's infrastructure. What do we do? Well, we can at least try. YouTube has hard and psychotic rules. They just took down. I'm hearing this. I don't know. I haven't checked, but a stream from Crowder got taken down. He's lucky he didn't get a strike. One more strike and they're going to nuke his entire channel. What can we do? We got to push back on this. Now, it's scary. I'm not going to back down. I've long said it. There are some things I won't say because they're nonsensical, you know, or it would be nonsensical to say, right? There's a certain name you can't say on YouTube. Still, to this day, you can't say the name. Why would I bother saying it? It's not newsworthy right now. And you can Google it to figure out who this person is. And uh, it has to do with the Ukraine, Ukraine scandal. There's no, I can avoid saying the name, which is dumb. And I think it's horrible. But if, if, if I have to say 100 things to you, and they're all of the utmost importance, foregoing one of those things, that's the least important to get you 99 things, I think makes a lot of sense. But it is a compromise. Some things I can't compromise on, like a study coming out saying hydroxychloroquine and zinc increase survival rate according to a study. That's science. We got to follow the science. Again, not peer reviewed, just one study, take that into consideration. That's the fact checking I did. Right now, you're seeing all these stories saying the study says, the study says, and I'm like, well, it's preliminary. It's not peer reviewed. These things have been retracted before. You know, there was a study claiming, uh, uh, I think hydroxychloroquine was bad. It got retracted. I think the Lancet published it. I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, the point is, it's not definitive. We got to, we got to have, we got to scrutinize a lot of these stories, but I'll, I'll dig into these things. And we've got to do more to push back. I can't ignore this story. I wouldn't do it. Otherwise, what information would I be really getting to you? 
Now, of course, there are a lot of uh, uh, people who are diehard Trump supporters who don't like that I cover their stories. We can talk about election fraud. The problem is I don't have any definitive proof. And when people come out, they're like, did you see the latest developments from, from Maricopa County? I had Matt Brainerd on my show on IRL at TimCast.com telling us, buckle up, it's going to get crazy. But he wouldn't tell me what they have. So I can't tell you what happened. Only that the people working on it are saying, oh, it's going to get crazy. Yeah, I've heard it a whole lot. Give us the evidence. Then I'll come out and say the evidence is real. But I'll tell you what, we at least still had that conversation. We had the conversation YouTube would not allow us to have. At the very least, we can have that conversation. So I'm not trying to be uh, in any way express any animosity towards Matt. No, I'm grateful that he was here. It was a great conversation. I'm just saying, if you want me to come out and say something definitive, you got to hand me something that I can look at, that I can prove, that I can verify. Coming to me and saying, I'm sorry, it's under wraps for now. Okay, then. The moment the stories, the evidence comes out, I will fact check it. So you get these people right now on the left, they do it all day. They don't like that I criticize Antifa. Well, now I've got people on the right saying, Tim doesn't even look into these stories. He has no idea what he's talking about. It's like, bro, I look into the core arguments of all of these stories. The story about uh, HQC, I went to the study. It was, I think it was MedRx, but it was not peer-reviewed yet, okay? Have any of these other outlets pr- presented that saying it wasn't peer-reviewed? Maybe, maybe the examiner said, uh, did so. MedRx IV, that's what it was. And uh, let, let's see if they include peer review. They don't, okay? Uh, it doesn't look like they've included peer-reviewed in, in their story. But let me see if they've, if they've updated it as of now. So uh, this article is a preprint and has not yet has not been peer reviewed. What does this mean? It reports new medical research that is yet to be evaluated and so should not be used to guide clinical practice. Examiner didn't, didn't, didn't put that in there, did they? I mean, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I should I should read through their specific article. I use their article just to show you the story exists as a, as a citation. I'm not reading through everything they said. Okay, that one you can criticize me for, for sure. I went to the source material and then decided to show that examiner was, was actually showing the, the science around it and what they're claiming. They say the observational study found that anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine, along with zinc, could increase survival rates by at least 200%. Okay, it's not peer-reviewed. Peer review isn't the end-all be-all. So there you go. They mentioned that several other studies released that year have come to a similar conclusion. The point is, I'm not just pulling up a story, reading a headline and ignoring it. I read a couple different stories that said this. My understanding was most of them don't mention peer review. And then I looked at the study and I read that caveat. And that's something that they'll bring up to try and discredit you. None of us are perfect. I like the examiner. They're not perfect. They're pretty good. I like a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of right-wing sources that get it way better. The Daily Caller does a really good job calling these people out. It's tough. How do we how do we break through the noise? You can share this video with your friends and family. You can become a member and help me uh, uh, keep doing that work. And I can just keep calling it out. But it does feel like, you know, we're not just Sisyphus pushing up that pushing that rock up that hill. We're actually sliding backwards. That's what worries me. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at YouTube.com. Uh, next segment's coming up here. YouTube.com slash TimCastNews at 1 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. We recently saw a fairly viral story. An Amazon driver accused a woman of having white privilege, demanding she check her white privilege. And after she refused, there was a scuffle and the Amazon driver beat the 67-year-old woman. 
The woman had apparently complained about a delivery not being correct. And the person said, check your white privilege. And then, you know, a beating occurred of an elderly woman. It's not the only story that we've heard like this. There's been some pretty creepy stories. There was a young man in Chicago who was taken hostage and tortured on camera live on Facebook. Now, how do these things happen? Well, for, first and foremost, violence happens. I think people will always find an excuse to be violent. And sometimes people are just violent. People of all races and all backgrounds can attack each other. That happens. So maybe we're looking too much into these stories. Maybe we see a story where someone mentions white privilege. And the reality is it's just they're just saying nasty things, right? We also have this story where a Black Lives Matter protester yells at an Asian cop. Uh, well, he just makes a bunch of racially disparaging comments. Why? Well, critical race theory suggests that Asians are white adjacent. He then uses racial slurs and says that black people can't be racist. Now, these ideas are overtly based in critical race theory, which brings me to the escalation and one of the more dangerous stories. This is from Newsweek. Research article in medical journal describes whiteness as a malignant, parasitic-like condition. Okay, does anybody really take this stuff seriously? We say it all the time. A lot of people uh, who are moderates, intellectual dark web types, and we'll, we'll get into the conflict in the intellectual dark web. But a lot of these people will say, oh, it's fringe. It's nonsense. It's, it's just one stupid article by one dumb person. Ignore this. Uh, okay, well, we did. You know, so back during Gamergate and uh, Comicsgate and all these other culture war gates, people said, it's just comic books. Who cares? So don't buy them. And I think that's fair. You know, I, I just won't buy them. Let the industry correct itself. Let the market take care of these things. But the ideology is pervasive and invasive, and it's in government. It's in institutions that cannot fail. Universities can, but likely won't. They have endowments, and government can't because it's backed by guns. So when the wokeness and these, these, these insane theories are permeating into these institutions, yeah, then we're in trouble. So it starts simply with many intellectual dark web types and liberal types saying, I know it's bad, but it's just in this one place. It's just one professor. It's just one school. Then the rhetoric escalates. And it's not just one article saying whiteness as property. It's not just one journalist saying it. It skyrockets. More and more people start adopting this ideology and the rhetoric gets insane to the point where we have a research article where they say whiteness is a malignant parasitic like condition. And I'll read and we'll, we'll, we'll break down some of the ideas in this in this uh, this research article. But do you see where this leads to planting the seeds of racial hatred will lead to racial violence? You will see someone scream, check your white privilege and then beat a person. I have heard stories. I mean, look, you see that black man yelling at the Asian officer saying racial slurs against Asians. That's not too far away from the hardcore violence. Now, I know the left likes to say, if you tolerate hate speech, then it results in violence. And I'm like, yeah, so we are critical of those who are espousing violence. And we're critical of institutionalization of overt racism. And we got to be careful. It's hard. You know, there are some people who want to do research into transgender uh, uh, issues and race and IQ issues. And it's considered taboo to even go anywhere near it. But science should be allowed and should be protected. The problem arises with the anti-scientific and the overtly insane and hateful. It's a fine line, though. I'm not going to pretend I have all the answers. I think the left does have good points about a lot of these things. And I think we've talked about it. 
When someone comes out and says a bunch of racist things, I'm glad. Now I know to stay away from them. I think it's a problem. When science says something is true, like certain people of certain racial backgrounds are taller or shorter, I mean, those things exist. We need to be able to talk about it rationally while also being critical of those who are hateful. Which brings me to this story. Newsweek reports, a research article published last month by the Journal of American Psychoanalytic Association called Whiteness a Malignant Parasitic-Like Condition. That description, along with other language in the article, has caused public anger, and the backlash against the author was evident on social media. The article titled On Having Whiteness was written by Dr. Donald Moss, a white man who was a faculty member of both the New York Psychoanalytic Institute and the San Francisco Center for Psychoanalysis. In the article, Moss wrote that white people have a particular susceptibility to the parasitic condition, which he claims renders its hosts' appetites voracious, insatiable, and perverse. He explained he believed whiteness establishes entitled dominion that enables the host to have power without limit force, without restriction, violence without mercy, and increases one's drive to terrorize. This is racist. This is absurd. You need only look to, I don't know, Mao to talk about violence without mercy and terrorizing people. You need only look to, I don't know, wasn't Shaka Zulu like this despotic warlord dude in Africa? I mean, he was pretty like he was a legit warrior, man. Genghis Khan. Now, a lot of people talk about the virtues of some of these people. But yeah, violent despotism, it exists everywhere. And I don't think we're, we're here to highlight the virtues of awful, awful people. You know, what, what, what is the joke? Ricky Gervais said that even Hitler liked dogs or something. Sure, we get it. We call them out for their awfulness. We, 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 we get it. People drink water. Everybody drinks water. You don't make those comparisons. The point is, this guy is saying it's whiteness. That's racism and hatred. And we have to protest against that. So I'll, I'll put it this way. If there was a guy at a university who said on having blackness, I'd say the exact same things. That was civil rights. We're past that. It's the left that's bringing back the hatred. They're going to say Moss has previously lectured on the subject of whiteness before having uh, before on having whiteness was published in the bi-monthly peer reviewed journal of the American Psychoanalytic Association on May 27th. On May 27th in 2019, he delivered his theory describing whiteness as a parasitic condition as a plenary address for the South African Psychoanalytical Association. And he also lectured on it at the New York Psychoanalytic Society and Institute and the Center for Modern Psychoanalytic Studies in New York. Moss is the author of multiple psychology, psychology books and a forthcoming collection he edited entitled Hating, Abhorring, and Wishing to Destroy. Psychoanalytic Essays on the Contemporary Moment will be published this fall. Moss is also a founding member of a climate group known as the Green Gang, which described itself as a collective focusing on climate change and its denial. Now, Let's talk about free speech for a second. There have been many uh, situations in which Ben Shapiro or Ann Coulter are invited to speak at, co at college campuses, invited to speak, not to publish peer-reviewed academic research, and they're protested rather violently. That's wrong. If Dr. Donald Moss would like to go and stand up and speak and give this lecture, I think he should absolutely be able to. And I think it is then incumbent upon all of us who oppose racism and hate speech to say, Here's why this guy is wrong to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Otherwise, what happens is, I mean, you can try the cult indoctrination stuff the left does, but people eventually say, I reject these things. Why? Because you need real and sound arguments. 
Now, I don't like the idea that this guy is publishing in peer-reviewed journals and is considered a respectable academic. I don't like the idea that universities would platform racism and all that stuff. But if you want to get into science, well, then there's going to be a lot of deplorable garbage like this. And I think these this on having whiteness research uh, paper could be very, very damaging to social discourse, to our society, to the world. So what do we do? I make a video right here explaining why he's insane. And I hope you share it to explain to people why these ideas are bad. I don't say delete or ban the idea. I say, bring it on, mother effer. I'm going to prove that you're insane. I can only I only need to say a few words. Genghis Khan, that guy swept across Asia, taken everything over. People of any race can be authoritarian despots and can seize and steal resources from other people. Simple argument. Hopefully that was enough to make you question the insanity that these people are pushing. And if it wasn't for him, how would I prove to people they're this insane? You see, you see the point? This does plant a seed, which could lead to extreme violence if it's not opposed. And that's why we oppose it through ideas to prove to people we are, the, we, we, we are right. We are the good guys. They're the bad guys. They're going to say on Twitter, the response to Moss's article has been outraged with user comments like, this racist vomit should be called out for what it is. And with pretense of academic rigor by a fellow uh, white, no surprise, it's in a psychoanalytic journal. Psychologist Dr. Philip Pellegrino tweeted in response, how do my colleagues consider this scholarship? Really? He says, does anyone actually take it seriously? Moss also wrote that he felt whiteness easily infiltrates even groups founded on the protection of individuals on democratic principles. Moss also postulated treatment for the condition. Effective treatment consists of a combination of psychic and social historical interventions. Such interventions can reasonably aim only to reshape whiteness's infiltration, infiltrated appetites, to reduce their intensity, redistribute their arms, their aims, and occasionally turn those aims towards the work of reparation. Moss wrote in an abstract summary for the journal. When remembered and, rep- and represented, the ravages wreaked by the chronic condition can function either as warning, never again, or as temptation, great again. Even with treatment, Moss wrote, there is no guarantee against regression, and there is not yet a permanent cure. Clearly meant to be bombastic. I think these people hold insane views, and I think they push insane things for in- insane reasons, but this guy is clearly trying to get a rise out of people. And you know what? Okay, I get it. Congratulations, good sir. You've got me and many other people talking about it. But what you need to understand is that these abhorrent racist ideas have been around for a long time. And it's only recently that we've begun to actually challenge them, which actually is worrying to me, but maybe it's a good thing. You know, maybe the real issue is that these ideas have been pervasive for decades, for for a couple generations now, and we weren't paying attention. Or maybe it's just started growing and getting worse. You may have seen this story. 7-17-2020. 7-17-2020. In Smithsonian, race guidelines, rational thinking, and hard work are white values. I want to take this and I want to show you this story, which we all talked about last year, and put it in the context of what this researcher is saying about whiteness being parasitic. Let's talk about what they have claimed. Going back to, I think this is the early 90s, they put up these, these, these claims. Aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture in the United States. Let me start by saying, Hard work is not uh, whiteness. Uh, Being on time, scheduling is not whiteness. Anybody can work hard. Anybody can be smart. Anybody can be successful. 
There are there are many very wealthy and successful black men and Latinos, Mexicans, people from Nigeria. They got this amazing technology center called the iHub. There are many successful Asians, many success, successful um, uh, Middle Eastern individuals. This idea that it's all white culture is insane. I mean, I'm pretty sure we use Arabic numeral, numerals for our math. Here's what they say. Rugged individualism. Yeah, the individual is the primary unit, self-reliance, independence and autonomy, highly valued, rewarded. Individual assumed to be in control over their environment. You get what you deserve. Personal responsibility, like doing work to support yourself. Go to Asia. Go to Japan. I mean, dude, people in Japan, they have seppuku. I don't know how prominent it is these days, but when they dishonor their community because they were not properly responsible, they kill themselves. Like, dude, brutal. They hold themselves personally responsible. I mean, that's individualism. You look at China. I mean, sure, they have authoritarian systems, but people are only forced to fall in line. People are individuals family structure, as if people in Asia don't have families, as if people in Africa don't have families. That's insane. Emphasis on the scientific method used by everyone around the world, not just white people. Now, think about these things, which I'm, I'm sure you've seen all of this. We've, we've argued about it a lot, right? Protestant work ethic and status, power and authority. What that guy is saying is that it is a parasitic condition for you to work hard. What should we do then? Well, let's think about it. Right now, we have abundance and technology, and the scientific method absolutely led us to this point. That's a good thing, you know, it makes life better. Let's go back to a couple hundred years ago. You know, uh, I love referencing the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson. What do they do? They wake up, they farm, they go to bed. They wake up, they farm, they go to bed. They wake up, they farm, they go to bed. Those people worked really, really hard. They worked on a schedule. Should they have not? Should they have just died? They were farming to support themselves and their families. They farmed for food to feed their families. They weren't big factory farms. If you want to criticize corporatism and the modern economic condition, hey, I'm right there with you. But if you want to claim that the idea of having a farm is, is whiteness, bro, before white people even made it to Europe, we had agriculture. It's an insanely racist notion. Leads us towards a dangerous and dark path where, yeah, I think this pervasive ideology will lead to extreme violence and we must push back against it. I, I appreciate the free speech. I think these people should be allowed to speak. The challenge is, are we not strong enough to reject and resist? Therein lies the bigger challenge. These ideas have not been uh, are not new. They've been around for quite some time. Why? Here's an article from 1993 in the Chicago Tribune, Whiteness as Property by James Warren. And they just basically talk about this idea. Critical race theory suggests that whiteness is property, that it's something you have, you're inheriting, you're born with. That's ridiculous. You could then theoretically say Asianness is property. Why? Because if you're a, say you're born, you're Korean and you're born in America, but like full Korean, you know, you can just go to Korea and you'd probably fit in. Oh, that's, that's, that's uh, Asianness as property. Well, that's absurd. Now, there are realities of racism in, the, in, in this world. Uh, notably, I get treated uh, poorly. Well, I went to Seoul and I had many people explain to me that uh, being part Korean, I'm lesser. They're very ethno-nationalistic. They're very supremacist about being Korean. It's changing as, as time goes on, but it is still very much that way. The same is true for, for Japan. Some people argue they're an ethnostate. Many people say they aren't, but they are overwhelmingly homogeneously Japanese. And it is very hard for foreigners to get access to their economic system. 
There are realities of going to other countries and whether or not being a certain race will be beneficial or not. These people have an extremely Amerocentric worldview. And it, and, it, and it extends well beyond America. They think that whiteness is everything, as if the, the accomplishments of Asia and, yes, the accomplishments of those in Africa are just secretly white. No, I, I, can't, I can't stand for that. That is insanely racist. We, we made math uh, was progressed by people in the Middle East, Arabic numerals, like I said, people in Europe. They invent, it, it took them a thousand years. Did you know this? That the, the people in China invented the compass. A thousand years, 1,000 before Europeans invented the compass. So don't give me none of that BS. Get your whiteness as property racist trash out of my face. Or does it lead to? If we institutionalize racial hatred, it's going to lead to racial violence. We've had it before. We don't want it coming back. If people want to go and have a stupid little tiki torch march, let them do it. And we can all post the photos over and over again saying they're dumb. And these people are now have now fled and don't show their faces anymore. They regret it because we said your racist ideas are bad. We've got to do the same thing to the critical race theorists, to the critical theorists in general. Otherwise, you will get more racial violence. So when they come to our universities, we welcome them. We say, thank you so much for coming. Why are you so dumb? Of course, we don't say it just like that. You challenge them. You sit down and you say, Let's talk about these ideas. I was in Berkeley and I was debating some race realists and they were talking about a bunch of different countries and they're like people from this country. It was I'll tell you this. They were like people from Somalia, you know, their IQs are low and whenever even when you control for environment. And I was like, I mean, Somalia has been going through famine and drought and civil war. And they're like, yeah, but even controlling for all those things. And I'm like, right, but there's like literal physical effects of someone who's malnourished, who has children, and those children will be impaired. It's not a race thing. You take a, a white family, malnourish them and dehydrate them for years, and then they'll have kids. Those kids will be less well, like physically, like harmed by this. The left talks about that. It's a true thing. But they say, yeah, well, you know, we control for all these factors. And I'm like, look, there are countries next to Somalia that are not the same. I mean, there's got to be some overlap if you are right. I don't believe them. I do believe that there is a mix of nature and nurture. I do believe that nature and nurture play a role. And I think that if you starve someone and then, you know, they, they end up being shorter because they didn't have the food to grow and develop and then they have kids, those kids will be will, will more likely perform less well. I think poverty is the driving factor for so much of this. And, and, it, and it falls completely in line with evolutionary science and natural selection. The fittest survive and have fitter children and those who are not as fit struggle and then eventually are selected away from. So if you want to come to me with this race realism stuff, I'll say I can certainly respect the idea of, you know, people in, uh, in Thailand are shorter on average than I am because I've personally, personally witnessed it. And people in Nordic countries are taller on average. Crazy thing being in like Norway and Sweden. It's like looking up at all the towering people, very tall people. Yeah, because genetics are a real thing. But it's, it's, it's one thing when people take it to the extreme. Either it's the absolute defining factor, which I'm not saying every single person is arguing, or that whiteness is, you know, I just, I'll just put it this way. The reason I bring up the race realist stuff is to say, I debate it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. Whatever. The point is, I got no problem with these people wanting to come to me and say these things. I'll be like, I think you're wrong. I think you're really wrong. I think you miss a whole lot of these things. And I need to be more persuasive. Just silencing people isn't going to work. So what do we have here? Someone pushing an abhorrent worldview, 
horrifying. We challenge it. We tell them it's wrong. We push back. We prove to people through persuasion, resourcefulness, and just knowledge and wisdom. And we also point out the very obvious. What do you, what do you expect to happen when you push this whiteness as property? What do you want? Do you, wh- what's your goal? It's probably just seizing power, mind you. But it brings me to the, the last little bit here, the, the fight in the intellectual dark web. Claire Lehman of Quillette says that James Lindsay is peddling white genocide theory, implying that a genocide against whites in the U.S. is imminent, has the potential to inspire racist violence. Such comments are extreme, reckless, and irresponsible. They should be denounced. i uh, starting to feel like Claire has James Lindsay derangement syndrome because as much as I think there's things to criticize James Lindsay for, he's a bit bombastic. I've talked to him about it. He didn't do that. He didn't say that. In fact, he chimes in. And I think I have the tweet from him. He said, he, uh, James Lindsay says, I said that the woke ideology contains the seed of a genocide. The evidence for that is actually overwhelming. Perhaps Claire doesn't know what seeds are or how they work. Do they even have plants in Australia? Dave Rubin said, I know you have some beef with them, and I don't know how, I don't know the specific comments you're referring to, but conceptual James has been on point about all of this and just extrapolates it to its obvious conclusion. Anti-white laws are coming. Maybe it isn't as pervasive in Australia yet. I'm not quite sure why Claire is so heavily going after James Lindsay. I mean, seriously, I don't know. I understand some of the, you know, some of the earlier criticisms. But at this point, when you have someone beating an elderly woman and and yelling at her about her white privilege, I'm like, yeah, racial hatred leads to racial racial violence. We've seen it happen in other countries. We don't want it to happen again. What James Lindsay is saying, denouncing it is not encouraging it. So we should all speak up against it. Whatever. I kind of feel like, like I said in the earlier segment, we are, we are, it's, it's not just, you know, Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill. It's actually rolling backwards on us. It worries me. But uh, I guess I'll just say this. I feel bad for all y'all white people. See, Tim Pool is mixed race. So, <laughs> you know, I get a free pass. I don't. Nah, sorry. Whiteness has nothing to do with race, they say. And Asians are also white. So here we go. They're extremists. They're insane. Call them what they are and reject this stuff. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.